USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Money Wise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. Today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. When should you provide financial help to your family, your children, your parents? And when should you not? And how should you do it? And how can you continue to keep family members equal? So we're going to talk a lot about that today. That's an important topic, and it's it's a very common topic today. So I'd like to start by introducing attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And thank you for being with us this morning. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And Pete, you work for USA Wealth Group, but you also do work in the area of securities and other financial investments. Right. Uh, USA Wealth Advisors. Um, we need to change the corporate name at some point. I'd like to call it USA Wealth Advisors Group. So it's USA WAG because we love dogs here. You can do that. You can <laughs> wag your tail every morning. And my name, of course, is Ray Lance, and uh, we're welcoming you to MoneyWise. And thank you so much for listening. You know, over the course of the years, uh, Peter and Mike and myself have seen virtually every different kind of financial family situation you can possibly imagine. That's for sure. I also have to uh, preface and start the show a little bit by mentioning that your voice is definitely a deeper timber than usual, and I asked you if it's... I'm more mature today. Okay, is that what it is? No, but I did. I asked if you were um, not feeling well or if it was because you hadn't gotten much sleep, and uh, we all started talking about how bad the pollen has been. So um, I've never had allergies until a few years ago, and uh, over the last few years, they seem to be getting worse and worse. So um, that's what it is. It's allergies and too much pollen in the air. Well, think what you have to look forward to in an old age. Or a deeper timber. A deeper timber. (laughs) Or your timber gets deeper or something. Anyway, Michael J. Fox once said, family is not an important thing, it's everything. Michael J. Fox, of course, is a well-known actor. But we want to talk today about when should you financially support your family members, when should you not? What happens if you have children who are in financial need? Uh, should you help them, and should you help them at the expense of your own retirement? Is it going to mean that you need to postpone your own retirement and work longer? There's many, many, many issues involved. So we have a lot of information to cover today. We encourage you always that if you have any questions at any time, give our office a call. You can reach USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to take your questions and get back to you with answers and uh, hopefully helpful information. You know, the Wall Street Journal recently did a very useful article which is called Saying No to Financial Help for Family. Uh, When should you say no? When should you not say no? And how can you help people? But we've seen good situations and we've seen bad situations. We've seen abusive situations when children or grandchildren have really taken advantage of the generosity of an older parent or grandparent. Yeah, unfortunately, we have seen that a lot. And uh, money really um, can be a very detrimental thing. Um, We've seen a lot of abuse, as you said. We've also seen uh, siblings really fight to the point where they're no longer um, friendly with one another at all, Um, even where they've had to be in separate conference rooms meeting. So I want to ask a question to you, Mike, attorney Mike Coleman. Um, if you had to quantify, what kind of a percentage would you say of families where there are not necessarily arguments or disputes, but maybe some disagreements about money when somebody has died? Um, well, what we try to do is we try to minimize that by having, you know, things in writing, maybe putting assets into a trust so that there's good communication. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of the important things about doing planning is you know having everything in writing so that the 
beneficiaries and heirs know, you know, what they're getting and there's nothing really up to to guessing. There's no gray area. It's very right. black and white when right. even a will, you know, will help with that. But a trust is, of course, even better. And then with mm-hmm. a trust, there's uh, a no contest clause that you can put in. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the good things about doing planning. And even better than that would be to have children involved. A lot of times, you know, people don't want to necessarily bring their kids into the office, but it's not a bad idea if you want to get everything out there. You know, if you think there could be any kind of dispute later on, have everyone sit down and discuss things and put it in writing. Certainly discussions about money can be a very divisive factor. And that's not a... um uh, I should say that is a fairly common thing where a lot of people do want to involve their children. Um, some bring all of their children. Uh, some will bring, you know, the eldest or maybe the most responsible, at least so, you know, somebody else is involved and understands what they're trying to do and what they're trying to plan. Um, but it's not, you know, necessarily comfortable for all people. Some people are very private. Uh, and again, as you said at the top of the show, uh, we've seen every single scenario pretty much imaginable and some people just don't want to involve their children and don't want to let them know yeah there are situations where i've met with with people and they have you know maybe five or six kids and they know that there are going to be issues um, but it's just not something that they can fix mm-hmm. you know so what they'll do is they'll say we want to make sure we get everything in writing as you mentioned there's a no contest clause in the documents what does that do mike well it means that if there's a beneficiary in the trust uh, and they contest things, and they may they may get nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's an incentive for them not to contest or the trust. Actually, even a disincentive for them to contest. Right. I guess it's another way to put it. Well, the starting point to this discussion really is the fact that somebody needs money. Somebody in the family needs money. Usually it's a child, but not always. It can be a parent as well who doesn't have enough money. I'm going to talk about that aspect of it a little bit as well. And obviously, you care about your relatives, you care about your family, you want to help them. But sometimes when you help them, it's not just a one occasion event. Often it turns out that the same person that you help financially will come back again and look for additional financial help. And it becomes multiple times that you end up helping. And a trust can do a lot more than just, you know, spell out very clearly what your wishes are and what you want to give to your loved ones when you're gone. Um, But if you do a different type of trust, an irrevocable trust, it can also, uh, if you do it far enough in advance, can help uh, potentially save a ton of money in nursing home care um, for your loved ones and for, you know, your spouse even. Uh, What's the spend down for a a spouse still living at home? Is it 140,000? close to that now it's it's about that right well let's talk about how can you help somebody when should you help somebody when should you not help somebody and particularly what if it puts your own retirement plans or your own nest egg at risk i can remember one very clear example it was a town near fall river where there was a grandson living with a grandmother and he had a drug problem Uh, He's probably still alive, I imagine. And he was going through supposedly drug treatment. But over the course of a number of years, before the grandmother came to the office to ask for advice, she had helped him with $300,000. She had virtually spent her entire savings, retirement assets, and everything else. When that money was gone, he still needed money allegedly for drug treatment, She still doesn't know whether it was used for that or not, or whether it was used to fund his drug problem. But she had a credit card. And when he maxed out $18,000 on her credit card, she had nothing else to give. I wonder what drug dealers take credit cards. (laughs) No, but you can use a credit card and take a cash advance out of an ATM, which is what he was doing. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just making a joke. But there's usually limits on how much cash advances you can take on a a card book. Yeah, it's a sad situation. Well, when that happened, she had a sister. The grandmother had a sister who dragged her into the office. And then we sat down. And by the way, when the money ran out and the credit card was exhausted, the grandson decided he didn't need to live with the grandmother anymore, so he left. Mm. Of course. Yeah, convenient. So it was probably the most 
terrible case of abuse of financials and somebody's generosity that I've seen. So be really careful. You just don't want to be in that kind of a situation because it's going to hurt you financially. It'll put your own future at risk. So some parents think, I, I believe, that if an adult child is requesting financial help, that maybe it's a parental duty. But number one, you can't be the perfect parent. You can't solve all the problems for children. I think the most important thing you can probably teach a child of any age is independence and how to take care of themselves. So be careful about throwing good money after bad. Sometimes when children receive financial help, they don't use the money responsibly. So at some point, maybe the parent has the right and maybe even the obligation to stop funding the poor decisions that the child is making. There's a woman named Ellen Mumford who once said, God gives us our relatives. Thank God we can choose our friends. Because yeah. you can't choose your relatives. So um, what are some of the kinds of situations that we've seen? We've seen a lot of stories recently about what percentage of parents help the children, what percentage of children help parents. There's more and more uh, children that are living at home nowadays. Um, of all ages. Um, I've, I know of a lot of people who have moved back in with parents after being on their own for years, um, whether it's a, a financial decision, uh, which it usually is, uh, whether it's due to divorce, uh, which has been very common. And I, I know a lot of friends who are back living with parents after just going through a divorce. Do you know people in that category who've done that? Oh yeah, many people. Um, so there's a lot of different situations and um, I know personally, um, you know, myself and my friends who have kids uh, who are in their teens and late teens, it's a different generation for a lot of them. Not, not all. There are some very hardworking, very motivated children, but there are many who just sort of want to stay at home and don't really have any goals to want to move out. Well, we've seen lots of situations when adult children continue to live with parents uh, because they want to or because they're being supported financially. We're going to talk a little bit more about that right after a short break. I'm going to leave you with a quick quote from Benjamin Franklin. Guests, like fish, begin to smell after three days. I guess I could apply to family members too, couldn't it? Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Wise. Today we're talking about when should you help children, adult children in particular, financially? When should you not? What are some of the things you can do to protect yourself? What are some of the things you can do to protect your retirement, if that's a concern? You know, it's a, it's a very natural thing that if you have a child who needs financial help, you want to help them if you can. But maybe you're doing a good thing for them, and maybe sometimes you're not. And we see it all the time with um, clients. Um, you know, one of the things that we ask as far as, you know, somebody's assets, we always ask, does anybody owe you money? Do you have a promissory note? And it's very common that, um, you know, the parents will say, yeah, we uh, gave our daughter $40,000 or something along those lines. And in most cases, there's no uh, promissory note or clear agreement um, to have the money paid back. Mm -hmm. And that can sometimes run into problems. And, you know, it's a it's a difficult, you know, fine line when you're trying to help a family member, especially a child. Um, but you have to protect yourself. And, you know, do you or do you not actually have something written down and, and formally agreed upon? That's a good idea. I remember a long, long time ago, I borrowed some money from my father. It wasn't a huge amount of money. 
but I did a simple short form promissory note to let him know that I was going to pay it back. And I did. I didn't have to pay any interest on it, which is another thing you can talk about. But um, it's not a bad thing to document something mm -hmm. like that. Would you agree, Mike? Yeah, and you could even put something like that into a, a trust later on, you know, saying that there is a, a note that is to be paid before that child receives any distribution from an estate um, that could be figured into their share of the estate as well. Okay, that's a good concept because what if you have more than one child? Uh, one really quick way to create resentment amongst your children, your adult children when you're gone, is if one person has made a habit of borrowing money from the parents and then the other child or children feel like they've been shortchanged because they know the parents were favoring that one child financially. Mm -hmm. So if you put it into a, like a trust document, for example, and say that any debts or any monies that I've loaned out will be treated as part of their share of the inheritance, mm -hmm. I guess that can be a way of equalizing uh, inheritances to children. And it's, you know, it's not very common, but we have seen situations where uh, a child or a grandchild has requested money and they say that it's to pay off a debt or, you know, to get caught up on their mortgage or their rent or something like that. And it turns out that they're actually using it, you know, to gamble or on drugs, as we talked earlier. Um, so I think most people have a fairly clear finger on, you know, their children and what they're up to. But, um, you know, if there's any doubt, maybe you take a different approach and you say, I'd like to pay the landlord directly, or I'd like to, you know, make the payment for you instead of giving you cash. Um, that's another option. Um, and, you know, just have a discussion with them. Well, there was a recent article in uh, AARP in the last couple of years that talks about the fact of how common it is for parents, grandparents to re actually reach out and help other generations, or the other way around, children actually helping parents who don't have enough money. So there's something called a midlife adult, somebody who's in the, their middle ages with a living parent. One-third of them, 32%, are providing financial support to their parents, and 40% expect to be doing so sometime in the future. I did it with my own mother. My mother didn't have a lot of income. She worked two jobs most of her life, but she didn't really have retirement accounts. Well, I'd say that's very common, uh, especially today that now that people are living so much longer. Uh, I know tons of people, clients, family members, who are now supporting uh, their parents, either financially with um, helping to pay for the nursing home care um, or, um, you know, taking them back into their home and actually being a caregiver to them. It's, it's far more common today. And usually without paying uh, a cost for doing that. I can remember when I was a kid, um, my grandmother came to live with us and she didn't pay any rent. She didn't have any money. And she lived with us for a few years until she passed away. We provided her food. We had a place where she stayed and lived. And I did the same thing for my own mother. She lived with us for about 15 years. At that time, we happened to have a little cottage in the back, and she lived there. She didn't pay any rent. But I could have rented out that cottage to a member of the public, and and uh, I would have paid all my taxes, insurance, so it was a subsidized cost. But I'm glad that you didn't because it was absolutely fantastic having her living there and she was uh, always at her door, morning and night, every single time you left the driveway or came home, she was there waving at you. Well, another interesting statistic is that almost half of all middle-aged people are very concerned about being able to provide financial support for their parents in the future. Because we do, you're not going to have your mother or your father out in the street. And what if you have to support them? It's a cost. One thing I've seen that's kind of tricky is if a, a parent goes to live with a child and the parent uses their own money to make an improvement to the child's home, and then there are other kids, and the other kids say, well, you improved you know, the, the value of their home. Shouldn't you figure that into what they're going to receive from the estate? So that's something that you can write into a trust. You can say, you know, some of my money went to this child because I made their home more valuable. And so, therefore, they're going to receive less of the estate. But that's something that can be put into a trust. So you can you can do something protective. Mm -hmm. um, 
children in general are very observant when they realize that one child is being treated differently or being favored financially. Uh, they're concerned about it. They're jealous about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a good story about that. <laughs> you probably remember me telling the story from time to time. It's been at least 10 years that we were sitting in your living room and my sister said, when mom and dad are gone, I, I want this picture. And I said, I don't really care. I don't really think about that. And sure, you can have that one. I'll take the other one. And my mother said, Catherine, you're awful. And I said, why? And she said, because one's an original and worth probably $1,000 or whatever. And the other one's a reprint and probably worth $30. <laughs> I had no idea and I didn't care. <laughs> well, children do notice and... I think the overwhelming principle when you're providing for children as much as possible is to treat them equally. But let's come back to the concept of how do you help them when you're alive? How do you help adult children? Um, Other children know when you're helping one child. And some of that help might be um, in the form of co-signing a loan. Um, That has come back to bite people in the butt many times. You have to be really careful about that. If you know that your child is you know, particularly bad at keeping up to date with paying their bills, you know, you need to be cautious whether you're going to co-sign a loan for a car, a student loan, a, um, a mortgage, anything. Yep, and you want to help, but how can you help and protect yourself at the same time? Anytime you co-sign a loan, for example, your own credit is at risk. If the person you're co-signing that car loan for, for example, if they don't pay their car payments on time, Guess what? It impacts your credit immediately. So you have to try to remember that and find out, is there another solution? Because you're not going to be in control of making those car payments necessarily. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And even if you're not the one that's in charge of making the payments, which you're probably not going to be unless you're looking to help them out even more financially, um, you need to be on top of making sure that they're paying those on time or it will affect your credit. And we've seen it happen many times. Well, one of the things that we've said this morning is that we've seen every kind of situation you can possibly imagine. When one child is being treated preferentially, provide for it in your documents. And how do you ever teach that person to become financially independent and to make better decisions? Give them a budget form. Make them fill out a budget so they can understand, here's what you're making, here's what you're spending, and how can you do it better? Well, you talked about, uh, you know, a big role as a parent is to make your kids uh, independent and let them become independent. And that's very important, but especially financially independent. And the school system is not doing that. Um, I've preached for 15 years at least that I don't understand why there's not a basic finance class in school. So it's up to you as parents to help your children because I don't think many, you know, teens or um, early 20-somethings or maybe even beyond know how to even balance a checkbook and certainly uh, anybody who's in their teens and early 20s doesn't really understand the true value of um, saving and investing Um, and they don't really understand how credit works as as much as they think that they do and how much it can negatively impact the rest of their lives right so now you have to teach that well david steers once said Family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. And that's the problem. We we care for our family. We want to help them when we can. But you need to do it in a way that's not going to come back and hurt you. Um, we have a family who's probably listening this morning. It's a mother with um, several adult children. They're working. Um, they all have some challenges in life and some special needs issues. But she's done an amazing job teaching them to become independent and self-sufficient. So that's a very important lesson to teach. There's a um, Wall Street Journal article that talks about the sacrifices that um, parents would make for their adult children. And 51% said that they would pull money out of a savings account to help their adult children. 43% said that they would live a less comfortable lifestyle for that. 26% said that they would take on debt. 25% said that they would pull money from a retirement account. 19% said that they would work longer and retire later. 14% said they would refinance a home. And 8% said that they would come out of retirement. 
So it's a natural thing for people to want to help, but it's an important thing for children also to be uh, as independent and self-sufficient as they possibly can. So here's the number one thing you need to think about. Have a clear agreement if you're going to loan money to people. If it's a gift, that's something else. Let's talk about gifts for just a minute. The amount you can give away under the federal annual exclusion as of this particular year is $16,000 to an unlimited number of individuals. And that number continues to grow. Yep, so we're we're going to talk about that right after we take a short break. And we're going to talk a little bit about whether you should just outright gift money as opposed to loan money. So stay tuned, and we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Wise. Today we're talking about when is a good time, when is a bad time to help children, help family members. Um, Princess Diana once said, family is the most important thing in the world, and I think most people think that. Yeah, and uh, we talked right before the break about um, gifting money possibly. You know, that's not only something that um, will help out your children or your grandchildren, we have several clients who gift um, large amounts of cash at the same time every year, and the children now rely on it and just expect it every year. Um, not there's a danger in that. Not everybody can do that, of course. Um, but there are also some benefits to you if you do have a larger estate. Um, you can you know, spend down by gifting and uh, bring your estate uh, below the threshold uh, so your estate is no longer going to pay uh, taxes when you're gone. That's a really good point. Let me let me comment on that really briefly. We've mentioned you can give away uh, really as much money as you want to under federal gift tax law. Uh, the federal gift tax exemption this year, um, well, there's two ways you can gift money federally. One is the federal annual exclusion this year is $16,000 you can give to somebody. There's no income tax consequences to the person receiving the money. There's no tax returns you've got to file. But you can also give away a lifetime exemption amount, and the amount you can give away this year is $20 million. It's 20.1, I believe. So most people don't have that kind of money, but if you had it, you can give it away without paying any taxes on it. Um, That's huge. And again, you know, it doesn't really ultimately benefit you if if you're gone, but... It ultimately benefits your beneficiaries, so they don't have to pay estate taxes um, if you do gifting beforehand. Um, but it's also a nice thing. I mean, who wouldn't want to see their children and grandchildren enjoying these gifts? And um, I, I, we, we know a lot of clients that do it, as I mentioned. Uh, but then there are some uh, clients that we have who specifically don't want their children or their grandchildren to know how much money they have and don't want them to receive anything until after they're gone. And they're leaving a different type of legacy. Yep, and I'm sure you've seen that kind of a situation, Mike, when you're doing uh, legal documents for people and trust work. Families are funny. Sometimes um, their children will know exactly what they're worth, and other times they don't have a clue how much money their parents are really worth. It's true. What we also try to do is help families organize things. So they want to, even if you want to keep things secret from your children while you're alive, make sure that they can find it when you've gone (laughs) because i do see situations where kids will come into the office and say we have no idea what our parents had we can't find anything or things will pop up here and there so if you do want to keep it secret that's fine but make sure it's organized so that someone will know how to handle it later that's a really good point because there are many uh, people that we meet with who say, you know, my spouse passed away and they're the ones that handled all the finances. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know where anything is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the second spouse um, passes away and now the kids come in and they're saying, you know, gee, I found this statement in this drawer and this statement in between these books and I don't really know what they have or what to do with any of these things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes you have to track it down, don't you? Right, right. 
And then just going back to the idea of gifting, I know if Tenny were here, she would say, be careful of giving away money because that could be a, a problem for mass health and nursing homes, mm-hmm. um, which is a totally different issue, but it's something that we always pay attention to when people are talking about giving away money. And so basically, as I understand it, if you give away money to people, um, uh, family members, let's say, and then the parent has to go into a nursing home, mm-hmm. there's a five-year look-back period. Right. The state's going to see everything you've given away in the last five years. Right. So think about how you're going to do that carefully and do it in advance. Let me, let me come back to one other concept for one second. Um, I've seen families before when the estate is significant. It's over the taxable amount in Massachusetts. And the first thing I'd like to say is that Massachusetts has no gift tax law. You can give away whatever you want to in Massachusetts regardless of the amount. There's no reporting. It's not income to people. And so gifting is a good thing to do sometimes if you just want to reduce your estate. But I've seen situations when people are sitting on fairly good-sized amounts, and it's not necessarily that their children need it, but what I've said to them is, you're going to have a taxable estate in Massachusetts when you die because your estate is large. It's over a million dollars, and you only have a $1 million exemption. So... Have you given a thought to reducing your estate? Because if you don't give away some of that money or do something else to plan for it, that's going to be subjected to the Massachusetts estate tax when you're gone. And then the other thing I'll say is if you want to make some gifts now, you can give money to your children, for example, and you'll have the pleasure and the satisfaction of seeing them receive it and enjoy it while you're alive. Mm-hmm. And that's a, another key point. And you know, we do have clients who are worth uh, quite a lot of money. They've been extremely good about saving and investing and being extremely thrifty, uh, driving cars that are 10 or even 20 years old, um, and they're now retired, but they continue to live the same lifestyle. And I guess it's hard to turn off the switch and act differently, but you've got all this money, and yet they don't want to give to the children and they don't want to spend it on themselves or actually enjoy their retirement. So that's, you know, something to really consider if you are sitting on a large estate and you're now retired and you have children, you know, maybe it's time to gift, but you know, as Mike said, it could become a problem for a qualifying, um, for other services, but, um, you know, maybe talk to us or talk to um, the law firm and see what's best. Don't just sit on all that cash. I mean, you're going to just pass away and, and have all that money just sitting in banks and investment accounts. Kids might not mind that, but... <laughs> Oh, I think they wouldn't mind that. But at the same time, why make the Commonwealth of Massachusetts your beneficiary Mm -hmm. if you have to pay estate taxes? That's a waste of money. Well, somebody named Guy Lafleur once said, when trouble comes, it's your family that supports you. And it happens more more often than not, doesn't it? Um, George Carlin once said, on the other hand, the other night I ate at a nice family restaurant Every table had an argument going. <laughs> but um, I, probably the number one things that people like to argue about is money, I suppose, too. There's, uh, I just Googled it because I've heard so many stories about famous people who have left their um, children with nothing. And there's all kinds of information you can find. Mickey Rooney, um, people who are alive in... Uh, well, Mickey just... Rooney had his money stolen from him by somebody who was managing... Uh, on the the impression that he was not competent, and he sued them in court and won. So, be careful how you manage your money, but and and get some professional advice. Give Mike Coleman a call at five zero eight nine nine eight eighty eight hundred, and let him do a proper plan for you. I think Bill and Melinda Gates are planning on giving most of their money away aren't to they? charity. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And there's other tax, people tax, that, tax reasons for that, too. Yeah. There's people who are still alive who um, said that they have no plans to leave their children anything, including Jackie Chan, Sting, George Lucas, Simon Cowell, <laughs> Ted Turner. So, Pete, I have some bad news for you this morning. <laughs> so we're talking on the well, you're not famous, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, we talked about what kind of cash gifts you can give. You can give $16,000 a year with no reporting. If you give more than that, you you're not going to pay any tax at all, but you'll have to do some federal tax reporting, even though you don't owe anything. We've talked about 
don't co-sign a loan if you don't absolutely have to because you could have problems later. Um, maybe instead you have somebody do some work for you and you pay them for doing the work that needs to be done. Um, so there's lots of ways we support parents. Uh, my mother lived with me, as I mentioned, for many, many years, and she never paid a nickel in rent. She only got a fairly modest Social Security check, so I certainly wasn't going to have her pay rent. But that's a form of subsidy, isn't it? Yeah, and it also depends on the type of um, parent that you're um, possibly supporting. You know, are they somebody that you actually want? How, how do they treat you as you were growing up? And, you know, how are they in their um, later stages in life? Are they going to be grumpy and, and unappreciative, or are they going to be happy? And in your case with um, Nana, she was happy all the time and, and a joy to have living. Yeah, um, she was a great us. lady. Well, Walt Disney once said, a man should never neglect his family for business. And um, family always comes first. Should have thought about having some Rodney Dangerfield quotes because they probably would be all negative and nasty about family. <laughs> well, most of he talked about his wife. Uh, he had a lot of funny quotations about his wife. What happens if you have a child who wants to buy a house and they don't have money for a down payment? Should you help them with a down payment? And what's the best way to do it? Why not have them sign a promissory note? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to give somebody thirty or $40,000, whatever it is, for a down payment, why not have them sign a note? And you could and, also record a mortgage. Yeah, and put a mortgage on after yeah. their regular first mortgage. Yeah. Because what if they get divorced or something? What happens to your equity that you've loaned them? Mm -hmm. Could be divided between the husband and the wife, and maybe you don't get your loan money back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sign a promissory note. If you're going to give money to a child for... Um, buying a house, um, don't just make it as a gift. I mean, you can. You can do it also as a loan. And I think it's okay to help children through major financial milestones as long as it meets your budget. If you have a child in college and you can help pay college bills and tuition, um, that's a terrific thing to do. If uh, you are living or plan on living, you know, with one of your children in an in-law apartment or uh, in some fashion like that, then you know, maybe you do leave them more than your other children because they are financially supporting you. What if you have a child who's on unemployment, doesn't have a job, lost their job? Well, maybe it's okay to support them during a period of time, but then if they start working again, then have them contribute. Um, have them start paying room and board or whatever it happens to be. And that's very important. I mean, we have a situation now with our oldest who is still living at home and um, we don't see any plans for him leaving anytime soon. Um, he's working, he's going to school, but housing is so expensive right now. So we're not actively trying to push him out, but we are telling him, listen, you're going to be paying some room and board. And so he's been doing that every month. Okay. Well, let's continue this discussion of when should you cut off your kids uh, financially and how should you do it? We'll take a short break and we'll be right back and continue this discussion. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to MoneyWise. This morning we're having a discussion about how can you help family members who are in financial trouble. First of all, take, take time to think about it and discuss ways that you can help. Have a very clear agreement. Maybe even have your agreement in writing, which is even more important, I think. Is it going to be a loan or is it going to be a gift? If it's going to be a loan, make sure it's in writing. Make sure you have an understanding about how it's going to get repaid. Especially if you're older and you're concerned about your own retirement, maybe you're already retired or you're getting ready to retire, it's going to be a financial strain on you 
to provide financial support later in life. And we've talked about this um, many times before, including many times in this show, but it's really important to, you know, have conversations and possibly written agreements with children that you're helping out, either loaning money, co-signing a loan, any of those things. Um, but, you know, if you do have a decent um, estate and you do an, an estate plan, uh, you can put in special language in there. If you do have a child who may have a gambling problem or may just be irresponsible with money, and Mike, I know that you can say, listen, um, I'm going to leave Susie um, half of the estate as soon as we're gone, but maybe James, um, who's a little bit more wishy-washy and you know, uh, flippant with money, maybe we say at age 30 you're going to receive you know, X amount of the estate of your inheritance and then age 35, another X amount, mm -hmm. and you can space it apart and sort of teach them some responsibility and make sure that they don't blow it all at once. Right. Yeah, the good thing about a trust is that you can write it in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be just at age. It can be at accomplishing certain goals or really anything you want. You can have an independent trustee uh, named to manage one child's share for their entire life if you wanted to and only give them money monthly or annually. So there are so many different ways that you can write it in, into a trust. And it's important to have it in writing. And it, it comes to a very key point, which is to the greatest extent possible, I've always recommended that parents treat their children equally. And if you've given more money to one person during their lifetime, provide for it in your trust. And most of the clients that we meet with, and I'm sure the same goes for you, Mike, are really concerned about wanting to leave as much as possible to their children. Um, mm. There certainly are a lot who say, I want to, you know, enjoy my own retirement and forget about my kids. But yeah. <laughs> I'd say yeah. most of them, you know, I'm, maybe that's just the ones that I seem to meet with. But most No, of you're right. Most, <laughs> most do want to leave it for their children. But you know, some know that they've given more to kids while they're alive and they want to offset, you know, things for the kids when they pass away. And I'm, I'm sure that, Mike, you, like me, I've seen so many examples of parents treating one child uh, not equally. Yeah, we had a recent situation where it's uh, husband and wife that have kids from different marriages and they know that one of the children may inherit from, you know, a, a father or a mother and that, so that they want to leave their child, you know, a little bit more in anticipation of the fact that the other child might inherit. That's a good so point. We, we can write it into the trust saying the trustee has to take account of, you know, what everyone's received and then distribute accordingly. Otherwise, the child could have inheritance from um, different households. Right. Basically. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we see very um, frequently and not just uh, with clients, but also I, I know a lot of uh, friends have parents who take the entire family on vacations every year, and I mean every single year. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got friends that go on a cruise with their um, uh, parents every single year. They take the entire family, the parents do. Others who do a Disney trip every single year, others that go to Aruba every single year, and that's another way that the parents can give. Um, and, you know, that's not cheap. Well, what happens when you need to cut off your kids? What happens if they're becoming too dependent upon you? How do you do it? Um, it can hinder their ability to become financially independent if you just continue to support them, and maybe they don't need it. It can also hurt your own financial health and your own retirement plans. But you, most of all, I think it's critically important to protect your own retirement plan. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned earlier that you know, maybe you give your children who might be struggling financially a budget form and have a meeting with them and say, okay, exactly what are you spending versus what are you taking in and how can we try to, you know, fix the problem without us giving you financial, um, you know, assistance first. Yeah, teach them. And uh, we have those budget forms in our office. We'd be happy to give you one or email you one. A lot of people are really surprised when they see for themselves, never mind for their children, uh, when they're put down in paper their budget because... Very few people budget nowadays. Very mm -hmm. few people uh, balance a checkbook anymore uh, because it's just too easy to spend money, you know, electronically on apps and other um, online services. Well, and if you're older and you're trying to help somebody who's younger, a child, a grandchild, uh, one really strong rule is 
don't take money out of your retirement account to help somebody, not even for educational expenses. If you're a parent, you got to plan for your own retirement as well. And don't use your retirement account money to pay for your child's college education. Having money in your retirement account does not count against you when the child applies for financial aid under what's called the FAFSA form, when you have to disclose what all the parental assets are. Anything you've got in a retirement account doesn't count against you because the, the, the federal and the state authorities recognize that you have to be building your own retirement account. So don't use it. There will be other sources of student loans available. FAFSA forms can seem overwhelming, but they're really not that uh, difficult. They're just lengthy. Uh, I've become an expert with them because of helping out some clients in the past who just were completely lost with it and then my own son going through, um, through the process recently. So do remember that if you're retired or close to retirement, that time is not on your side. So you don't want to touch your retirement assets and you don't want to end up with debt by helping a child or a grandchild. You can share some costs sometimes, but you've got to be realistic about your own budget as well, I think, don't you? You do. And you've got to ask yourself, could I still live comfortably? There's a gentleman named Edward Furlong who once said, I don't think anyone has a normal family. And I would echo that. I say that all the time to clients. I say, there's no such thing as a normal family. It does no, not exist. Only on the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. And if people think that you know, the neighbor next door has the perfect family, I'm sure that there's a lot of wackiness that goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> well, don't feel obliged to pay expenses for a child who lives with you. I'm talking about adult children. I'm not talking about young children because... Clearly, you need to support young children. They're not working yet. Um, But help your children help themselves. Teach them. And if you have to cut them off, maybe you can do it gradually. So if you've got a child who's living with you because they don't have a job or the ability to support themselves, when they do have the ability to support themselves, start charging them rent, as we said, room and board. Set a timeline for them to pay you back. If, If you've loaned them money, have them start paying you back X dollars per week towards the loan. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned that your voice is much deeper than usual, and it's not because you're sick or tired, but because of your allergies. Um, you're turning into a frog. Your voice is getting deeper, I think. You're going to start riveting pretty soon. Well, um, don't I think, was it Winston Churchill who said, if you have to eat a frog, eat it first thing in the morning. And if you have to eat two frogs, start with the bigger one first. I am not sure if that was Winston Churchill. <laughs> Never heard it before. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, any conversation you're having with children about debt, uh, keep it as positive as possible and teach them how to budget so that something positive can come out of this uh, helping a child. Mark Twain. Was Mark Twain? That's right. It was Mark Twain that said that. If you Go ahead. have to eat a f- frog, do it first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you for the rest of the day. So that's a little bit more, like, now I kind of understand the context. I didn't understand what you were saying. Why would anyone have to eat a frog? I don't know. Well, the, the point was, if you have to face something that's bad, mm. and do it as soon as you can oh, and see. get over it, because it'll be easier if you do gotcha. it quicker. <laughs> um, make sure your child has an emergency fund. Make sure you have an emergency fund. And talk about the importance of saving for the future. So the frog is the metaphor for something that you really don't want to do that day mm-hmm. and to take care of the really difficult you know, thing that you don't want to do that day first. I don't know, Mike. Have you ever eaten a frog? No. <laughs> I did eat a half a caterpillar once. A frog's legs? Have you ever had frog's legs? I tried it once and said, I don't care to do that again. No. Have you? No, I haven't. Oh, so you haven't lived yet, Mike. Do it first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. <laughs> no, when I was two years old, my mother found me outside... And in my hand, I had a half a caterpillar, and the other half I had consumed. Mm. I I haven't done that since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we wind down today, just remember to set boundaries when you're helping to support adult children in particular. You've got to safeguard your own retirement, your own nest egg. You've got to set rules. You have to make your kids accountable. And don't make it a guilt trip. Don't make them feel guilty about it. You're trying to help them, but you do expect to get repaid. Just have a very straightforward conversation. And then as we've talked about, Mike, make sure you provide something in your estate plan in case you should die before 
the loan gets repaid. Mm -hmm. So helping kids is important. Helping grandkids can be important sometimes. You don't want to be in a position to be taken care of or taken advantage of or taken care of. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, no, it's it's a heavy topic. I mean, you know, you want to help out, but to what extent do you go to and how do you cover yourself and protect yourself and make sure it doesn't turn into a family rift also? And if it's a problem in your family, come in and get some financial advice from Pete Lance or Ray Lance or get some legal advice from Mike as to what's the best way to handle this and how should I do it with legal documents. And that's the biggest thing is, is really coming in and, and doing a trust or at the very least a will. Uh, you don't want to see your family fighting uh, over things when you're gone. Um, you wouldn't see it, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's far too common, and you can um, make that so it's, it's not going to happen just by planning. So thank you so much for listening this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure that most everybody listening has been in this kind of a situation before. If you have questions, give us a call. Do remember that none of us can be an expert at everything. Let the professionals at Lance Law, Inc. or USA Wealth Group help you to protect your family and safeguard your own financial assets. Until next Sunday, have a safe week. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.